0: ladies and gentlemen, hope all's well. Welcome back to season two, episode five of the Average to Lead podcast. As always, I'm your host, Chris Lowe, and today is another solo episode. So essentially what we're doing today is uh, some goal setting and some planning for 2021 to take your performance to the next level. I know many of you, uh, I know I have myself, is starting to think by next year, what's the plan of action, what events can I enter, and everything else in between. So what I'd like you to do um, now is basically just to use today's episode to guide your decision-making process. Um, So when we think of performance-based nutrition, this performance nutrition umbrella or toolbox, uh, there's quite a few ways that this can help you, a few different ways that I can help you, guide you, support you, and educate you. We covered a few of these on previous episodes, such as your fueling, your recovery, your ability to like really dial up adaptation, your daily fatigue and freshness, your mood and well-being, your immune function, so you're more resilient to illness and infection, and therefore you can you know compete and complete more training sessions and events, and ultimately have greater success in your sport and career. And then we're also looking at rehabilitation. So not just from like after you've had an injury and getting you back to playing as quickly as possible, but essentially just making you as robust and again, as resilient to minimize injury as best as we can. And then a large uh, component of this as well is body composition. And this is what I want to uh, spend a little bit of time on today. Uh, Essentially just identifying the ideal body fat percentage or body composition for you, the athlete to gain take your performance to the next level reason why i want to cover this is that a lot of athletes who jump on my coaching program their primary goal is body composition um so they want to build muscle they want to drop body fat they don't quite know what direction they're taking in they don't know how much is good um how much is the minimum needed to improve with their sport so i just want to give you some you no, know, so just nice guidelines on basically my decision-making process as to when um, I suggest and recommend different sort of body composition goals uh, for athletes to, again, to complement, not complicate the performance. So ultimately, when an athlete gets, uh, I think, right from a performance nutrition perspective, when they implement that big toolbox, yes, the body composition, the fuel and the recovery, all that kind of stuff, there's some really sort of nice key uh, performance indicators that I like to sort of acknowledge. And this is something that my clients with inside the athlete coaching program kind of put together for me, um, which is really cool. And essentially they feel like when they've implemented all the nutrition toolbox, they are, you know, they're fully engaged. They're focused in their sport and their training. They feel strong. They feel powerful. They have a high work rate, really big energy, big engine. They're grafting all the time. They're always dominant uh, one of my clients said he wants to be the hammer, not the nail, which I absolutely love that. So uh, essentially you're dominant, you're leading from the front, you're not letting other people dictate your performance. Um, if you're in the team sports, you're an absolute nightmare to play against, or if you're in a solo sport, cycling, running, so on, you're a nightmare to run and compete against. Uh, they are, they just feel resilient, they're reliable, they're relentless. And at the same time, they have this level of like calmness and they're calculated. So even though they are working at max capacity, everything is calm, they're controlled, and they are uh, performing to the best of their ability. So when we think of maximizing performance, and again, that's the key word there, maximizing performance, um, you need to be in the right shape for your sport and position. That being said, athletes do not need to be shredded. Please do not get that um in that idea into your head i know there's a lot of stuff on instagram with comparison you know uh this guy this girl they look like this they're shredded they have that much muscle they're doing that i need to be like that not necessarily the case you could take the level of thinking of yes perhaps higher muscle and lower body fat is beneficial but you do not need to be shredded at all and sometimes i i say most of the time just chasing these vanity metrics can really sabotage your overall performance so again really take that to heart you do not need to be shredded um but wanting to go through just three kind of key areas that we can look at um to essentially again make sure we are in the right shape for our sporting position so the considerations when goal setting so the three kind of areas we look at are one your power to weight ratio two your momentum profile and three robustness so These aren't going to apply for every single sport, but these are general kind of areas. So power to weight ratio, I think many people will be familiar with, especially your endurance athletes. So this is essentially having higher amounts of uh, muscle mass and lower amounts of body fat. When you have that, you are essentially more efficient. So every step you take is less energy and less calorie demanding. Therefore, your repeatability goes up If you're doing a lot of efforts, whether that's in a race, whether that's in football, rugby, you know, you can go, you can push really hard. And then within sort of 10, 30 seconds, you can go again and you go again and you can go again. You don't fade. You can maintain this high level of work capacity. And with that, your acceleration improves, your top end speed therefore improves and therefore your overall agility can uh, improve as well. So it's going to be really beneficial to have the right power to weight ratio. The second one then is your momentum profile. So this is going to be more um, relevant to team sport athletes. So rugby, football, Gaelic football, American football, hockey, you name it. So your momentum profile is essentially your speed times mass. So as kind of crude and as blunt as this sounds, but... How hard can you run into people, (laughs) essentially? Um, If you run into them harder, you can break through tackles, and therefore you can get more um, momentum in terms of your progression up the field. So again, it's just essentially speed times mass. So if you are too heavy, you can have reduced speed, and therefore less impact. If you are too light, yes, you can be quick, you have increased speed, but then because you're so light and perhaps frail and fragile you get pushed around and you have reduced impact. So what we need to look at here is having larger muscle mass and lower body fat. And so you're lean. Therefore you have high speed and therefore high impact because overall weight isn't necessarily compromised. So this is perhaps more relevant for rugby players, but it does translate into other team sport athletes as well. And so Ultimately, it's kind of the extension of uh, power to weight ratio. And then the last one, then the third one is your overall robustness. Can you withstand the demands of your sport? You know, are you getting pushed out? Are you too fragile if you become too light? And this is where I see one of the common issues is with team sport athletes, especially like they're just chasing these vanity metrics. They're getting lean, they're getting lean. And then all of a sudden, they're just way too light. Uh, for their sport and for the position and therefore they just get pushed around they lose this dominance that they once had um but you know it's cool i got abs but you know um that's not going to win you games if you're getting pushed around so robustness is absolutely key can you withstand the demands of your sport are you getting pushed around are you compromising your ability to be solid uh in your position i'm really you know uh, maximize your performance from that perspective and then also um, you know strength and muscle will decrease or should we say minimize injury risk so that's essentially what we're looking at there is a case of those three components we need to have high amounts of muscle mass lower amounts of body fat to again um, satisfy part weight ratio momentum profile and robustness No, you're going to see different body compositions for completely different sports, but it's a case of using that level of thinking to guide your decision-making process. So what um, we look to do from building a long-term athletic development plan. So there's kind of like six kind of key areas we look at. So one is start with the end in mind. So what does this look like? So what is the ideal body composition look like for your sport and position again i don't need to do too much or yeah i don't particularly want you to to be comparing yourselves with people on instagram all that kind of stuff but it perhaps gives you an indication of perhaps where we need to be to be playing at different kind of levels so second of all then set end goals so set outcome goals when we think of rates of fat loss and rates of muscle gain, um, they're going to be completely different. So this is why it's really important to know what direction you're going to go in. So say for example, these are your this is your roadmap. So we know where we are now, but if we don't know where the the endpoint is, how do we know where the GPS coordinates are and how do you know what route to take? So set goals. So fat loss with all the clients within the athlete coaching program, research backs this up as well. We look at uh, losing body fat at a rate of 1% loss per week. So say for example, if you're 100 kilos, we can quite easily lose one kilogram of body fat per week without there being too many uh, compromises or detriments to your performance. Now, if you're in big calorie deficits and really trying to accelerate fat loss above that you're probably going to see too many compromises and trade-offs in terms of your, your ability to fuel your performance, recover, adapt. Uh, you're looking at into your immune function, your energy levels, food folks, all that kind of stuff gets worse with bigger calorie deficits. So I would say top end for my athletes is 1% loss per week, but you can look at perhaps the range between 0.5 to 1%. Reason why I don't go anything lower than 0.5% is because essentially progress is too slow you lose motivation and you lose that momentum with the progress. So 1% is a happy kind of balance. When we look at muscle gain, however, this is a much longer process. You're looking about 1% gain per month. Now, based on your training um, status and experience, if you're a newbie, you've never been to the gym before, which is perhaps a little bit rare for an athlete, but you're looking about maybe 1% to 1.5% gain in body weight per month, five muscle. And that again, that's to minimize body fat gain. For like the moderately experienced, you look about 1%, for like the elite, you may be looking at 0.5%, it could be very, very slow. So use this in terms of your time frame. Yes, we could look at this whole body recomposition, drop body fat, build muscle at the same time, and it just takes forever and you don't really see immediate kind of results, okay? although we wanna be extremely patient with these um, with athletic development and we don't wanna rush it because it does take time, um, what I would suggest is actually focusing on one goal, pursuing that and then putting on the horse and then chasing the other. So say for example, if you wanted to perhaps maintain your weight, say 95 kilo rugby player or something like that, um, the weight is important, but we need to improve body composition. So it may be a case of, right, let's spend the next five to eight weeks pulling down body fat to lose maybe five, six, seven kilograms of body fat and then less then build your up at a rate of 1% gain per month. Then in the space of, you know, three to six months time, it's like, okay, you're the same weight, but your body composition has radically changed. So I'd much rather do it from this perspective. And again, when we then, finish our fat loss phase we focus on maintaining body fat and building muscle whilst minimizing um body fat gain likewise when we're in the fat loss phase we are looking to maximize muscle mass retention if not gain slightly there shouldn't be any risk or compromise of losing muscle mass in a calorie deficit if you're doing it right and based on those parameters rate of uh, fat loss you should be able to maintain body fat. Absolutely fine. Assuming that you have enough protein in your diet and you've got an adequate uh, weight training stimulus there. So what, what I tend to do with the uh, guys in my coaching program is, again, start with the end of mind. Look what their end goal is, where they feel like they're going to be performing at their best, and then put then paint this uh, long-term athletic development plan. This is the end goal. What kind of things do we need to be doing to get us there? Is it a case of body fat in a good position, less focus on muscle growth? Is it a case of okay, body composition could improve to improve those three parameters above: power-to-weight ratio, momentum profile, robustness. So it's a case of less pull body fat down, whilst focus on maintaining/slash building muscle, and then uh, really focusing on maintaining body fat and accelerating muscle mass growth at an optimal rate whilst maintaining body fat. So again, there's a little bit of discussion here, and that's why. Having clarity with the end goal is really important. So you can formulate a plan of action. And then once you've got that end goal, the outcome goal in sight, what's the process goals, which are ultimately extremely, extremely important for the athlete to monitor uh, on a daily, daily basis. So what are the daily non-negotiables you need to do to move the needle in the right direction? So you're making progress at the most efficient and basically, yeah, in the most efficient way possible. So is this case of, right? I need to make sure that my calorie intake is appropriate, my macronutrient intake is appropriate. I'm timing my meals to maximize performance. Um, I'm eating the right foods. I'm eight, getting eight hours a night uh, sleep per night. All these little things. Do I have to do ten thousand steps a day? Do I have to increase my activity levels outside of training? What are these things that we need to do on a daily basis? These process goals that we can give a nice big tick at the end of every day. That's going to guarantee us we move in the right direction. So from like a coaching kind of athlete relationship, I focus on the outcome goal. I just get you to focus on the process goal. When you start focusing on the pro, on the outcome goal, sorry, you start, you know, perhaps sometimes getting a little bit frustrated that like you want to try and just accelerate the process. And then we know that if you try and accelerate it and try and force it, you're either going to have too many compromises with performance, recovery, etc. When you're in the fat loss phase or you're going to put body fat on uh, whilst you're in a muscle building phase. So a great thing about having a coach is that you that I can look at things very objectively and I can see progress for what it is. This is what you're doing. Uh, this is what you're intaking. This is your expenditure. This is your training demand. These are the foods we're eating. This is the plan of action. Uh, all you have to do then is just focus on those process goals. You just put, literally just putting in the reps, not just in the gym, not just on the track, on the road and everything but in terms of your daily non-negotiables. And then what your key performance indicators, how can we best protect these? So this is more um, important during a fat loss phase. So my key performance indicators are physical and mental performance, your daily freshness and energy levels, your recovery, uh, your ability to adapt from your training sessions, your sleep quality, Quantity uh, and sleep onset latency. So, tighten taking a fall asleep. And lastly, how's your food focus, your desire to eat? So, I always give this um, a nice traffic light system. With every traffic light system, uh, you have red, amber, and green. And essentially, we want to be operating in the green as best as we can. So, again, you could just do a quick check in with yourself um, on a scale of one to 10. How do you sort of fare on those KPIs? If you're between a 1 and a 5 out of 10, you are in the red. This is the shit zone. We do not want to be in there ever. Um, if you're sort of mid-range, you know, that sort of five, six, seven, you're in the amber, this is a case of, okay, things aren't great, but they're not terrible either. So you're not in a bad position. There's perhaps a little bit of complacency sort of hitting in there. And then uh, if you're green, you are operating at a very high standard. You are scoring 8, 9s, 10s out of ten on a weekly and monthly basis and being very consistent with that as well you're not just having one good week one bad week it's week in, week out scoring in the green with those kpis Um, and then lastly with this is you know what's your usp what's your unique selling point you as the athlete what do you have to offer it could be one thing could be two could be three things but essentially when we're looking at body composition changes how can we best protect this so for example If you're known to be a really fast rugby player, a really fast footballer, and you go on a gaining phase and you try and force feed the process, you gain a lot of body fat. Now all of a sudden, you are slow and you've lost your USP. Now your coach is thinking, Oh, Jim here was really fast six months ago. Now he's really slow. What's going on? He's lost his thing, his X factor. So we need to really focus on protecting these kind of things. So That's why being really sort of uh, realistic with rates of muscle growth is really important because then we can track this over time. Uh, You know, if you're trying to put body weight on like, you know, one kilo per week or something like that, yes, you can be put on muscle, but a lot of that's going to be body fat and that's going to slow you down and then that's going to impact, you know, your power to weight ratio and your momentum profile. Even if it's the case of you got like, say, a really long extended um, off-season, or preseason, I, like we have now, like in COVID, for example, um, you know, a lot of competitions aren't on and pretty much everyone is just training. So it could be a case of you are actually building muscle at the desired rate and body fat gain is very minimal, which is fantastic. But if you do no running, no speed work, and you just live that bodybuilding life during that time, you get back to training day one and you're not used to carrying this extra three, four, five, six kilos of muscle around with you. And now you are slower. You may look the path, but you're performing worse. So this is this is the level of thinking we need to have. How can we protect your USP? So that individual then, he'd have his hypertrophy, his muscle building um, sessions in place. He will do all, or she will do all the uh, appropriate so nutrition protocols, but then they still need to implement some speed work just to keep on top of that. It doesn't have to be progressive, but it'd be worth just uh, perhaps if USP if your USP is speed, before like a mass building phase, have a look what your your speed times are. How fast can you run twenty meters, forty meters, sixty meters? If you've got speed gates, all that kind of stuff, get some kind of uh, normative data there, and then just monitor that over time. If your weight is going up, and your speed is maintained, or ideally going up, if it's maintained, then it's a case of right. My momentum profile is clearly improving here. If your weight is going up and your speed is going down, then it's like, okay, my momentum profile is either staying the same or getting worse. So this is just not worth it at all because the end result is being exactly the same or even worse in terms of overall athletic performance. So again, you've got to think about how you can protect this and how you can monitor it. Think about the individuals who lose power and strength whilst cutting Um, during the fat loss phase to improve power to weight ratio, but they end up not doing any weight training uh they end up on a low protein diet doing things too restrictively and they end up losing muscle mass strength power and therefore the overall power to weight ratio gets worse and that's absolutely futile because the whole idea is to improve power to weight ratio so yes you might be lighter but if you're weak as a kitten then you know what's the fucking point like you're actually in a worse position and the and the process of getting to that has been very miserable as well. And I would imagine that what some of your KPIs would be massively compromised. So again, we don't particularly want to be doing that. So think about, again, how your body composition can complement your unique selling points. And then during the process, how can we best protect this so you don't lose your X factor? And then the last uh, point I want to just leave you with you today is that be realistic with your outcome goals. Don't rush the process. Athletic development takes time. You know, you can't be an overnight success uh, if you're looking to be an elite athlete or just perform at the highest standard possible. This thing takes time, it's always going to be continued development. You're never going to stop improving, you're never going to stop progressing. So please keep that in mind. I know a lot of individuals, a lot of athletes, a lot of coaches even, want this player to be, you know, this body composition, this shape in a space of a four-week preseason. It's like, oh, Chris, can you get uh, this player eight kilos heavier for me in four weeks? Like, no fucking chance. That's not realistic. Be realistic with the end goal. Um, And then you can strategically plan for it over time. Now, this could be a six month athletic development plan. It could be 12 months. Maybe you actually just need fine tuning and you just need three months. Um, You know, work out what the outcome is and then set some goals accordingly based on those rates of fat loss and muscle gain guide there. But again, what I just want to really leave you with the fact that if you do have body composition goals and fat loss goals, you do not need to be shredded. I've seen so many athletes chase this um ultimate sort of physique of getting ridiculously lean um and really compromise overall performance and health in the in the process as well some individuals are lucky they could just handle um kind of deficits extremely well or some individuals who are just naturally just very lean and therefore when you have this comparison against them or with them then you're always going to feel like oh they're doing this i need to I need to be doing what they're doing, Where in isn't the case. You need to know where you are now, what's realistic for you, and what does that process look like? If you need help in identifying this, and putting a plan in place, I can 100% help you with this process, okay? All you need to do, just reach out, drop me a DM, just type in perform, and then I can have a discussion with you about what the plan of action is, and then how I can essentially help you with that moving forward. So we are in the best possible position and really and truly maximizing our athletic capabilities going into 2021. And as always, guys, if you do have any questions about what I covered today, uh, please just drop me an Instagram DM and I'll happily discuss this with you in more detail there. Until next time, guys, goodbye.